Welcome to Dancing with the Bards, where we, your humble gamers, give our bardcastic opinions on games of the month. My name is Brooke. I'm joined by Ian. Yo. Chris. Howdy. And our special guest, Lawrence. Hello. As we deep dive into Arcane Academy by Eric M. Lang. Today is a very special Quiet Nappy Time episode. We thank you all for listening. Yeah, we got we got new mics. We're very excited. Arcane Academy is a board game created by Eric Lang and Kevin Wilson in 2016 and based on a comic book called Finding Gossamer by David Rodriguez. In the game, you are a student at a magical academy who is trying to buy for first place a valedictorian amongst your fellow students. You must complete assignments by using magical tiles, shards, and willpower which are given to you in the forms of a dial and cute little counters. Click clacks. Gemstones. <laughs> we all have a name for them personally. Gem and holograms. <laughs> the rules for the game are only about three pages, which is very nice. Our grading rubric is split into two separate sections, one based in the system of the game that we are playing and one on its flexibility. Each section is split up into three parts. Uh, the first part under system includes rules, design, and gameplay, while flexibility includes community, mods, and meta. Uh, rules includes things like the number of players, the accessibility of the game, the comprehension of the game. Design includes diversity, the materials that the game comes with, and gameplay includes rate of play and value for price. Under flexibility, Community includes developer support, player community. Mods includes custom content and expansions. And the meta information includes its replay value. And on a scale of 1 to 3, how we determine if the game is classic, innovative, or simple and complex. Each section has a score of up to 21, and both sections add up to a total of 42. So, would we like to talk about our general thoughts about Arcane Academy? I had fun. <laughs> As is very important with a lot of our board games. I also did have quite a bit of fun, though there were some rule snafus that I want to talk about later. Okay, <laughs> man. I'm holding it against you. <laughs> so I read through the rules for this game since I had purchased it and I had some extra time to look over it. Honestly, the rules for this are not as difficult as they appear in the rule book there's only about three pages of rules there each turn is only one action for this game which i personally really enjoy because i feel like everyone can really get down with just having one thing to do per turn go around a circle repeat it's the concept of some of the most basic games that ever exist chess checkers connect four and i feel that's pretty easy to follow along with it does get more complicated with things like essays and such, but overall, it's not super complicated until you start linking things. By essays, I assume you mean the assignments, which are the cards uh, that we are able to pull and use to determine the victory condition? Yes. Essays, assignments, tasks. Same difference, I suppose. Uh, as a, a general rule of thumb, I don't necessarily like it when... Uh, board games have a large number of resources that you have to go through. For example, 
Catan, which has like six different resources, even though that's all of the resources in the game, it gets a little complicated for me because then it's, oh, I need to get these specific items. I can lose these. And then it's just sort of a numbers game. Uh, this, I felt, had a very fair number of resources. It was just the two main ones, Willpower and Shards. Uh, the Shards were used specifically for the item cards, while Willpower was used to cast the spells, both of which still counted towards your assignment total. Uh, and you required eight assignments to be completed before the game ends at the end of your next round. Hopefully Wizard College doesn't bankrupt you like regular college. It will. In other ways. At least you can <laughs> magic some money out from it. So one thing I don't think mentioned off the top was there is an aspect to it where you do get exhausted similar to college. So it <laughs> may not bankrupt you in money, but your character might be very tired by the end of it. True. Should we mention the tile system very quickly? Oh, I did really like that system, honestly. It was very good. Uh, the way it works is when you first start the game, you have four tiles on your board. Two of them are the same, which are used to acquire new tiles. And then the other two are split tiles, meaning you can take one of two different actions, but not both. One of them allowed you to uh, play one of your assignment cards or cast a spell, which is a special ability that some of your cards might be able to do, namely item cards. The other option is to regain one willpower or gain one shard. And throughout the game, if you use the if you use any specific tile, you can trigger any adjacent tile, but only on the cardinal directions. So theoretically, if you placed your tiles well, you can get about five moves off in one round. But there are very specific like connectors that need to be collided or connected to each other to trigger a, a chain reaction like that, which I thought was a, a nice little addition to that. You uh, you mentioned materials for this game very briefly, yeah. and uh, one thing that I feel is a big limiter for this regarding number of players is that there's only enough materials for four players. And, you know, a lot of board games, they say, suggested amount four to five. This is just two to four. That's it. There's no expansions that come with extra packs, none of that stuff. It's just up to four players, which four, decent amount, but... It did keep the pacing going. Yeah. I, I don't see why you couldn't, like we did accidentally, buy two copies of this and combine them um, into a massive eight player. I wouldn't say it was an accident. Well, we're going to say it's an accident to make us not... They make me feel better about my poor purchases. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't see why you couldn't add them together. There's nothing in it that's limiting in that way. It's just not supported by the base game. Speaking of buying copies of this game, accessibility. I... Oh. That's one of my segues. How dare you? I will take whatever segues I want, sir. <laughs> Finding a copy of this game was a little bit of a headache. Just because, I mean, the only copies I could find were like on eBay and then one that was sold off by someone on Amazon. But it wasn't like on the app for Amazon. It was only on the website. The problem with that, I think, comes from the fact that the publisher, there's like four different publishers, 
in Steam as I looked it over, which sometimes happens with board games. Just, you know, the company that made it gets bought out. They decide to, you know, make a new copy, what have you, or maybe they just supplied it to different publishers. And it just kind of... Do you know when our copy was from, by chance? Uh, I do not. Okay. So I'm wondering if it's... Um... I see IDW on the side of the box. Yeah. Okay. Well, if if it hasn't been published recently, they might be contemplating maybe putting it out again if it hasn't if it's been a while because this is a good game. I'm I'm surprised it isn't more available. In all honesty, um, we somehow got two, uh, <laughs> but we will be donating one of them um, to a local game club. Support your local game clubs, Ooh, especially the young ones. Get them while they're young. Uh, <laughs> So we we <laughs> don't you shake your head, Ian? I don't think we can say that. Yeah, yeah it's a normal <laughs> thing you say in a in a in a um hobby that not necessarily a lot of people come into quite easily. We say it in the car club now? community all the time. <laughs> there is no joke or comment I can make to this that would be appropriate. So we're going to move on. <laughs> the oh, silent joke. So it's the silence does speak for itself. It does. <laughs> um, so for accessibility, it's not easy to get, but I don't understand why, because it's such a good game, so easy to pick up, and also really fun. So unless we had anything else to discuss in regards to accessibility, I feel like the rules for this game were very easy to understand. And I know I say that about a lot of the games that we cover, but unlike Ten Candles, which had really confusing rules, or at least I feel like they were confusing, these were very easy to understand. It was take one action, and no matter what you did, it was considered one action. Uh, that includes triggering the adjacent tiles and all those sort of chain reactions that come along with that, which means you don't really have to think about how certain cards interact with other cards or how certain abilities would trigger other abilities. It's all just in one spot. I mean, Lawrence, do you find it kind of easy to follow through with? Oh, yeah. At first, I, at first, when I saw all the things that go along with it, all the, it looked a little intimidating. But once you get into it, it's very easy. Yeah, that one, when I opened the box, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of parts here. I, I was like... I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the game, personally. But yeah, it, it is really easy to catch on to. I am a simple bard. I saw the box and I thought it looked interesting and my mule is going to have fun with it. For the quick clacks alone. <laughs> the art on the box and the cards is outstanding. Phenomenal, one might even say. Oh, God. Which does bring us into our next topic, I think. Oh, design? Diversity. Oh. The other D. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Board games are kind of hard to, to judge on this scale. Mostly it's really about the art and the basis for the game. And in this case, I feel like both kind of meet my criteria for a three. Yeah, mine, uh, mine do too for the most part, yeah. Sorry, I just, I thought I had a three and then I looked down and it was a two and I don't know why I put two. Um... <laughs> I mean, there's always room for improvement, but for the most part, with games that are usually based off of a source, um, 
you find that a lot of them will give you like pre-made characters and a lot of times they're not really very diverse. In this case, there is no set character card. You just play as you, which I also kind of feel works in its favor, in my opinion. I remember why I took off the point. So we had talked about originally it would have been nice to have a smaller version of the rules alongside your slate, which was what they had the uh, main game board being, um, just so that you could quickly reference back to some of the rules during the gameplay. So that's why I took it off more for uh, what we used to call accessibility, but we are now putting under diversity. So for materials, we do have a caveat. Uh, our copy was missing two pieces uh, to hold together our board. Minor inconvenience, nothing really major. I did also kind of wish it had one of those divots where you could put the cards in because without like a rubber band, they just get everywhere. Just a, just a little, just a tad. It did come with bags for the victory points, though. It came with bags for most of the stuff, didn't it? No, so we had the bag for the tiles, but we also... From our fancy new mics, which I hope sound better, uh, <laughs> we did have some extra plastic bags that we were putting things into to help organize. That's where those bags, I thought they came from the box, and I was like, One wow, this did. is very yeah, nice. The, the rest came from the microphones. That is unfortunate. <laughs> I might need to change my, my scoring for the <laughs> materials. There, there was actually a Ziploc bag for the tile. Oh, there was? Yes. Okay, so it had... We, we didn't see it at first because it was underneath some of the other stuff. Okay. But yes, it, it did come with bags for everything except the cards. I'd, I'd be lying if I wasn't, if I didn't say I wasn't worried about quality control because the two pieces we were missing were to hold a key component together, um, which we then had to hold together with some twist ties and for, a prayer. For context, Brooke is referring to the willpower, willpower. wheels. Yep. Yeah, willpower wheels. Basically the way you determine how much willpower you have, and you just increase or decrease them depending on how much you spend. And I was one of the ones who had the wheel that did not have a top, and I can assure you the pieces broke apart on more than four occasions. <laughs> and for someone like Chris, who really does take care of his things, I could see the frustration in his eyes. <laughs> There's also the element, Lawrence, you were talking about the intimidation factor of having that many parts. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, when I saw that many parts, I was like, oh my god, how am I going to remember all of this? Yeah, I was a little nervous about it. But once I got into it, it was fine. Yeah, once it all kind of came together and you put everything where it was supposed to go, you punched all the little Harper bits out, it was a little more manageable. Mm -hmm. And the quality of the stuff was fine. I just, I'm a stickler. Yeah, it was like that hard cardboard. It was a nice hard cardboard. It was well printed. They did have bleed lines on it. All boring art stuff, but very useful and very good for quality control, except for the tiny plastics. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what bleed lines are, but I have to assume they don't relate at all to trying um, to kill your cards. No, you're not trying to kill your, your <laughs> cards. So a bleed line is uh, when you see that overprint on the outside of a piece that you're punching out, uh, that makes it so that the color of the backing doesn't accidentally go on the actual disc or coin or whatever you're punching out. 
Um, so it just assures that it doesn't look cheap if the printer messes up. Please don't bleed on my board games, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's unstoppable. <laughs> it's, have him not make you bleed on the board games. That's what you should be concerned about. Rate of play. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that. After we, after we uh, threaten bodily harm. <laughs> I wouldn't call it very vague. <laughs> we only oh got through one playthrough for this, but I really could have gone like another game of this. Oh it yeah, lasted about half an hour, forty five minutes. Granted, mm-hmm. it was a very quick game. I, I got a hang of it. I will think a little faster than everyone else, and took full advantage of that. Rules snafu. <laughs> <laughs> there were minor discrepancies in the rules. Uh, okay, that barely came up. If you didn't watch the Twitch stream that we did which we'll have a VOD on the Twitch uh, with Bards. Uh, at the very end of the, the, the round, or I suppose the, the game that we played, Ian came out of the woodworks with like three rules that were maybe vaguely established somewhere during the beginning of the game, but never touched upon. Uh, and we just sort of took that uh, and ran with it. And I, I, it almost absolutely guaranteed him the win because <laughs> he, he had the knowledge of the rules and had used them on more than one occasion before the rest of us realized they were rules that were things we could do. That is false, sir. I didn't take advantage <laughs> of discarding cards during arrest, and I only stacked one tile after I told everyone that that's what you could do, like two turns after that. What about the order of operations for when you gain a new time? <laughs> order of operations should be apparent. It um, should be apparent, but why was it not shared? I would that like point? to just point out this is the first time we've had such a heated discussion playing games, and we have all been playing games together for quite some time. So I do <laughs> think that really lends to the idea of how into it we were getting for just one round or Chris just is one game. Just upset that I'm the better student and he's a sore loser. I will choke you in the parking lot. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> so, on that note, um, it's, we it's all like agree rate of play is fantastic. Uh, how do we feel about the developer support, though? This is an older game, so it's a little harder to score this in the, the player community just because. When was this released? Uh, it's not that old. 2016. Yeah, I mean, board game years. Yeah. <laughs> they they do age pretty quick. They did come out, the developers did have a 2017 re-release of the game where they, it was like uh, something, like Academic Ascension. Uh, I did not get too many details in regards to that because I only noticed it like in passing while I was looking up the game. Uh, but I, I do feel like the developers are did at least put some effort behind uh, improving the game for future series slash expansions that they might have had planned um they also do have a facebook page although it looks like now it is mostly to um show newer games that they are coming out with but it was last updated in 2019 uh, and it does show when they're going to events that's nice i think it's also important to mention at this point regarding developer support the fact that eric lang has a multitude of games that they've either produced or co-produced. One of the ones we were thinking of doing for this uh, 
session was Rising Sun until I found out it was $100. We'll be saving for that. Guys making stacks. Donate now. Oh, <laughs> no, don't. Just or don't. just send what? me money in an envelope. <laughs> Where would they send money to? We don't have a P.O. box. Um, so we have custom content. Now, I did give this a bit of a higher, a uh, bit of a lower score, actually. So I, I didn't see how someone could make many adjustments other than some maybe home rules that they used. We had talked about a couple home rules while we were playing. Uh, but I don't see a way for you to, say, add new assignments or do anything like that. It's a very well-thought-out game, and there's not a lot of loopholes for players to make their own. I brought up blank cards for other games before. I really feel like it's something that more board games should do when they have cards with abilities like that. I realize, yes, you can make ones that break the game, but that's really what homebrews are kind of all about. Yeah, you can always take those out if you're playing with people who prefer not to do those things. That would be nice. I have no thoughts on blank cards. Head <laughs> you are, empty. you are, you are, you have blank mind. Nothing behind those eyes for nothing. blank cards. <laughs> Not a single thought. Okay. I was in the same boat for expansions because I couldn't really find anything for an expansion for this game. I put this as a three just for the sheer hope that they could make expansions for this. There could be things that could be added to this new assignments, maybe new tiles. I could see them taking this and making it into a very large game. Just, it's so easy to play. This game also does remind me of another game that I would like to run on this podcast at some point in time, and I've run for Ian before, called The Big Book of Madness. And I know for a fact that that only had one expansion, but much like this game, it had a very simple baseline, and it lent itself to a much easier way to add additional content by the means of expansion. So I feel like this game also does have a lot of potential in that regard as well. Plus just the theme in and of itself, I feel like you have a lot of options. Unfortunately, having been based on a comic book series, it does limit things a little bit sometimes when you have to base your game off of source material. You clearly have never seen the range a comic book can have. Aquaman once threw a polar bear at a poacher. Not me. A total side note. I'm just saying base material can still have some wild stuff in it, and you can always expand from that. If you've ever looked at some of the older Aquamans, I'm a huge Aquaman fan. If you look at some of the older stuff, they're totally nuts. I mean, there's even... On another uh, side note, Batman has a Catman episode. Like, legitimately, what we saw in Fairly Odd Parents, Catman versus Batman, same <laughs> colors and everything. Like, source material is always wilder than what games will allow. <laughs> Take Pimple's prestigious school for prestigious, prestigious, nope. <laughs> given it, up on that one. It's gone. Did it keep trying? Nope. Go for it, Chris. One more. This is gone. <laughs> this, this stays in. The words that I am saying right now will never be heard in the podcast. He said to the person who's going to be editing this, "You won't be editing anything twenty feet below the ground." 
<laughs> Why are we so violent to Ian this time? It's God. the easiest way to segue into the next area. Speaking of... Replay value? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we touched on replay value already. How do you feel about this? Yeah, you can play this again and again, honestly. Yeah, I, I definitely see this going into a heavy rotation uh, in my little board game cabinet just because it's it. I can give it to a novice. I can give it to someone who's played board games. And I think both types of people would have a lot of fun with this. And it's so quick that you're not going to get bored. I'm bringing this to my next board game night. There you go. And I will beat you. I will beat you and I will use the rules that you've hidden for me to do it. <laughs> the only Ooh. thing I'll say about replay value, and we kind of skipped over value for price, but this ties into that a bit. Because it's a little harder to find this copy that isn't being uh, sold from a second source, like second-hand source, it, the price kind of ranges all over the place depending on where you can actually find a copy. So if it's not too prying, how much did you pay for your copies? So for one copy, I found on eBay for about $41, I want to say. The other one I got on Amazon from a secondhand store for about 60 Okay. So as I said, the price ranges a lot. I That's... saw on a website, they go as high as 100 Wow. Well, that, that does line up with some of his other games as well, which I'm sure influenced their pricing. Um. But that is a wide range. You're paying for the brand, honey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, beyond replay value, that just leaves the classic to innovative and simple to complex scores. Uh, I suppose I'll start. I did feel, this is going to sound a little strange, but I did feel like this was a fairly innovative system. It is very seldom that I see a tile-based resource system uh, in that regard where your actions are based on a drafting system and that drafting system is separate from the winning objective so separate from the cards the assignments that you need to win the game the way that you got to play the game was completely different than most things so i give that a two and innovative I'd agree with you on that. I feel I gave it a three and innovative as well. Um, to me, I gave it just because it takes everything that I love from Catan and mixed it with everything I love from Magic the Gathering with those cards. Um, I know it's a weird combo, but I love this love child of those two games that I used to play a lot of. I gave this an innovative two uh, for me. It is innovative. I like it. I feel like could have been a little better, in my opinion, just as far as how things were laid out. I played a lot of games that have place tiles here or card drafting. It was interesting to see the two the two types of games kind of merge into one, along with the whole resource-based system. Usually on the classic versus innovative scales, I feel that it's a lot more opinion-based, and I love to hear from our guests on that because it's a lot less technical than a lot of the other stuff we have on here. Lawrence, how would you feel about the classic versus innovative? I thought they did very well done. It was very innovative, I thought. You know, they did a good job of explaining the rules and whatnot, and it's not like any board game I've played before. As far as complex, so for innovative, I gave it a three, and for complex, I gave it a three. I thought it was very well done. All right, excellent. 
Any other comments we have on the gameplay? I have no uh, dissenting opinions on this. I, I agree completely. So then uh, our final section would just be the summary for the game. So I, overall, I gave it a, unfortunately, a low grade compared to some of my other ones, a 28 out of 42. I can understand that. It does fall short in some of our categories, especially under flexibility for things like custom content, expansions, player community. I felt that I gave it a two for the player community just because there were a lot of YouTube videos for it, but I can see how people would see that and just be like, well, that's not really player content. So I gave it overall a 34 or 42. Uh, so I gave it an overall of 35 and a half. Uh, I did get like take a half away from the value price just because the little plastic pieces, they irk me. Um, but I do, like I said before, I would absolutely buy this game um, and probably will try and buy Ian's copy um, <laughs> just because I do think it'd be fun to have on the shelf for board game nights. Okay, so I gave it a 37 out of 42. I thought it was great fun. I'm really kind of a novice at board games. I really don't play them that much. But even for someone like me, you know, it was really easy for me to get into. Which I feel is really important, too, to have someone on that doesn't really play as many board games because it gives people who aren't as used to this type of thing uh, a basis for whether or not they might like something, even if they're not as used to the hobby. Now, in terms of our overall average between the four of us, we had about a 33 and a half out of 42, which is pretty good. good score. Yeah, we tend to grade pretty hard. Mm. Especially considering it didn't check a lot of boxes for the uh, flexibility. Any final thoughts about Arcane Academy before we close up? Just that I really enjoyed this game. I recommend it. It's great fun. Thanks for joining us this episode. To see a complete breakdown of our scores, head to Instagram at Dancing with the Bards. Head to TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Dancing with the Bards for gameplay and updates. Look for us on Twitch at With Bards for sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. And don't forget to show our game creators some love if you found them interesting. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs>